Giving Credit is a podcast giving those making a difference their credit. On a weekly basis, we'll be interviewing parents, tech CEOs, financial experts, kid entrepreneurs, and others to learn about credit, education, financial literacy, and building wealth equity. Thanks for joining us. Welcome to another episode of Giving Credit. I am Annika Jackson, your host, and I'm here with Camilla Jeffs, who is the founder and CEO of Steady Stream Investments. I am so excited to have you on today. Thank you for joining us. Thanks so much, Annika. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, absolutely. So I would love for you to talk a little bit about your journey. Um, You know, we usually talk about finance and credit. I think investment is definitely a big part of that. So how did you decide, what was your journey to get to where you are today with SteadyStream Investments? Yeah, well, I'm a real estate investor. So in the real estate investment world, credit is huge. It is <laughs> such a big part of being able to invest. Um, and and if you if you don't have a great credit score, you're really going to suffer. You're not going to get the good rates. You know, there's just all sorts of implications if you don't have stellar credit. Um, so I just wanted to say that just a little quick disclaimer right now because um, I'm excited to talk about this ta- this piece of it um, because we don't often talk about it or we don't talk about it enough in the real estate world about how credit, how, how crucially important your credit is. Mm-hmm. Um, but I got started as a real estate investor pretty young at 22, oh, wow. um, did my first investment property and it was a house hack and uh, it had a kitchen, a basement in the kitchen. Oh, sorry, a kitchen in the basement. And, uh, and we rented that out to uh, college students. Hmm. And with that property, we were able to live there and only pay about $150 a month oh my ourselves <laughs> to live in this house. And it was a big house. It was like a six bedroom house and it had a pool in the backyard and it was amazing. And, um, and that's when I got kind of hooked on real estate and thought, okay, what else can we do with mm. real estate? And from there, my journey, um, you know, took us to picking up a bunch of single family homes. You know, we, we, we did the, it's called the live in flip method where we would buy a fixer upper mm-hmm. and we would buy it with our, with our own credit and our own money. And we'd move in and get the best interest rates and the best financing. Um, and then we'd fix it up while we lived there. So we always lived in a construction zone. Um, and then we'd move out and we'd either rent it or sell it. Um, and that's how we acquired a lot of single family properties um, and and also some small multifamily. Mm-hmm. Well, today, Study Stream Investments is more about putting together groups of people to purchase a par- mm-hmm. uh, um, apartments. Because in the real estate investing world, you can surely go it alone and do your own thing and get you, get your own properties. But for me, I hit I hit burnout, and it and it also hit a point where I didn't have um, enough money and enough time to continue scaling. And so I kind of hit the ceiling, and I was trying to figure out, well, how do I get past the ceiling? And that's when I learned about group investing with apartments. And I thought that was just this amazing concept because then I could, you know, I could join that group as just a passive investor where you just simply put your money into the apartments and then you get a really strong return. Um, Or I could join it as an active investor and use my active investing skills and help other people get involved in apartment investing um, and grow their own wealth and then be able to impact their families. And so that's what Steady Stream Investments is all about. It's about teaching others um, how to get involved in real estate as a group instead of having to do everything on your own. 
And I imagine when you're doing it as a group, it's not as reliant on your personal credit scores and things like that. So it can help give you that experience of learning about how to get involved, how to invest in real estate, what kind of things to look for as an investor um, and be able to, if you don't have credit that would let you get something on your own, you, you can use that time to learn and also to build up your credit. So then if you decide to do something else outside of the group, then you might be in a better, better position to do that. Yeah, that's a great point. That's a great point because as a passive investor, if you're the one that's simply investing your money, similar to exactly what you would do in the stock market, you know, you put your money in the stock market and you let a financial advisor help manage that for you. Exact same thing in a real estate group investment. Um, but you you don't have to go through a credit check or, or a background check or anything like that in order to invest there. Now, the active investors, if you want to be on the active side, yes, we do, right? So it's still <laughs> important for us as the active investors to keep our credit scores really high and, and, and keep, keep those going. Wonderful. And when you're looking at investment opportunities, what is the, like, what's the lowest level that somebody could come in and invest in? If somebody came to you today and said, I see this as a great opportunity to build up a nest egg for me and my family, um, outside of the stock market or outside yeah. of other means, you know, what does that look like? Yeah. So these types of the types of investments that I'm involved in are called private investments, meaning they're not generally open to the public at large. Um, and so in order to get involved in one of these, you'll need to have a personal relationship with one of the active members of the team. Um, and as far as the minimums, I've seen minimums um, as low as 25,000 up to as high as 100,000. So it's not one of the, you know, it's not like a stock market where you yeah. could just put in $100 a month, <laughs> right? This would be after you had built up a good sum in the stock market and you want to diversify, then you can take those funds and you can take a good chunk of that and throw it into a real estate investment. And now you are well diversified in your um, investing strategy. Nice. Um, and so you've done it all. You've flipped, you've done live-in flips. You, I, I'm, I'm still amazed that at 22, you had the <laughs> foresight to, you know, have an investment property that you were living in and renting out. Um, and now you're really teaching first-time investors how to be involved in this. Um, and you also have particularly like to help women and families. And I know that you are also a mother. Um, and we talked a little bit about the app and what, how you know we try to teach um, kids about credit through chores and building up, uh, mirroring a FICO score. So how do you teach your children about investing and, and credit and all of these issues around money and finance that... Uh, you know, I think you're very well positioned to speak to where a lot of parents might have that fear of talking to their kids about this stuff. Yeah. Um, and so what we did with our, with our children, we were very intentional early on. So mm -hmm. I have five children and, um, I, you know, when they turned five years old is when we launched what we called the family bank, mm -hmm. right? And the family bank was this concept where we would, we would be the bank bankers for our, for our children. They would earn um, they would have two ways to earn money. So one was an one was an allowance because we believed that even if kids didn't work, they needed to learn how to how to do money, right? Mm -hmm. And it was a small amount. It was one dollar per age per month, right? So you turn five, you got five dollars a month, right? Not a lot of money, but 
fun for kids, yeah. right? Yeah, they can buy five things at the dollar store. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and and then with that, we um we taught them all, you know, the different phases of money. So you get your money in. And then step number one was to give. And so for our kids, we taught them to give 10%. Awesome. Um, and for us, that was tithing to our, our local church. Um, and then step number two was saving. And we taught them to save another 10%. And that saving um, went was for the future, right? So it was a mm. college savings fund. Then step number three was a general savings fund. So they could put this into the family bank and the family bank had inflated interest. It paid 10% interest per month. Wow. Now, wouldn't that be amazing if you yeah. could find 10% interest <laughs> per Absolutely. month? Absolutely. <laughs> We had to inflate it, right? Because if they put $1 in, then they'd get 10 cents, right? Per month. Um, but if they put $1 in, it was like 10 cents a year. That was like less than a cent a month. It just doesn't mean anything to kids, yeah. right? So they needed kind of that inflated um, cash cash coming in. And so they could learn that it was a good idea to save up and invest, right? Mm -hmm. So they would invest in the family bank. Um, and then step four was the money left over was for you to use to you know purchase what you wanted, right? Mm -hmm. And so we had this family bank. That was what we did with them when they were young. At age 12, we kicked them out of the family bank because <laughs> by then they had a whole bunch of money in there, right? All this, she had like $600 in there and 10% interest per month is like 60 bucks a month. Yeah. Right? Okay, you are too expensive. Let's get you out of here. Um, and so then we went to a regular bank and then a, from, you know, a, from those ages, they, they had to, now they had different, they had chores that they, extra chores that they could do to earn more money. Um, we talked about entrepreneurship all the time. And so they did a couple of different entrepreneurial ventures. Um, but also this whole time we've been doing real estate. So the live in flip method has been, uh, was our main method. And we did that to help teach the kids. Um, and so a couple of years ago, we did a really big one where we bought a property and it was a full gut rehab. We moved wow. in all five kids were there. Um, three of the five kids were teenagers then now. And, um, and so we taught them all the hands-on skills that they would need to rehab a property themselves. So we did all the work ourselves, almost all of it ourselves. Um, and those kids can sheetrock, they can tile, wow. they can do Amazing. baseboards and do all these, all these things. So we taught them the value of hard work. Yeah. Um, and in this and how an investment works. Well, fast forward and we sold that property and we made a really great profit on that property. And so we decided that we were going to pay the kids for their work on the property because they did, they worked really hard on it. <laughs> also, it was during COVID, right? COVID oh struck. Gosh. And then I was actually really grateful that we had this project because it kept us all busy all the time, right? Yeah. We could only be at home while our project was <laughs> at home and we just worked on it, right? Um, and then, you know, after, after paying the kids that the money they made from that investment, we told them, we said, okay. Some of this money is for fun, right? Fun money, you earned it, you can go buy something fun. The majority, 80% of this money is going to be for your next investment. Mm. And then we proceeded to go and find the next investment. And what we did is we purchased a short-term rental and all five children put their income that they made off the last property, right? Into this short-term rental. And now all five of them are 
little owners in this property. And, uh, and we will be sit we sit down and we'll go over the financials Mm -hmm. and they'll get paid out their passive income. And so now they're learning the power of investing. So it was kind of a, you know, a graduated phase, right? So you start learning about money at the, at the little ages and, and stuff, and then you get to the hard work part. And now that hard work, that income t- can turn into more income for you by investing it. What amazing legacy to leave for your family and your kids to learn all of these skills and to really learn how money works and how to use it. And um, I could see teenagers, I have a teenager myself, you know, complaining or, um, not enjoying it, (laughs) but when they, as they grow up, they're going to be so grateful that they had Mm -hmm. this time and this opportunity. Now, was your family in real estate when you were growing up? Is this how you came to this or this? this No, Uh, no, it, it, my family was never in real estate and, and they, they never did that. My dad invested in the stock market, but you know, didn't talk to us kids about it very much at all. So it was just kind of all on my own. And I, and I just got really passionate about making sure that my children get this education so Mm -hmm. that they will be set up for success in the future. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so they're already building their credit up as well, right? As they're doing this. And so mm-hmm. it's it's inadvertently teaching them all of these other things um, as well that are important. And so when they go to college or when they graduate college, they'll have good credit. They'll yes. already have all of these things that a lot of people go to college and they get their first credit cards and then they spend all the money and don't realize they have to you know, pay them off on time and penalties. So your children are being raised with so many life skills. Um, that will really help them. And hopefully they can be good examples for their peers and their families. So that's amazing. Um, Now you had a lot of presence of mind when you were young, but if you would go back in time to your younger self, what would you, you know, is there a piece of advice that you would give yourself about credit or finance or getting into the real estate investment business? Yeah, I think in the, you know, the piece of advice I would give would be to join group investments earlier, mm-hmm. right? To not try and do everything on your own. Mm-hmm. I think had I joined group investing earlier, um, you know, we we could have been in a different place. Um, but I never regret my choices. I, I I don't like looking back and saying, yeah. "Oh, you should have done that. You should have done this." I just think that you know every every experience is just a stepping stone yeah. in my journey, um, and I and I'm enjoying the journey as 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 I you know, as I grow and evolve and because I, you know, still as an adult, as a, you know, a mom of five kids, I feel like I'm still growing and evolving and learning new things and, you know, reaching for goals and, and dreams. And, uh, uh, but, but I would suggest to, you know, viewers and you know, listeners that, that group investing is a really great way to go mm-hmm. because you don't know have to know all the ins and outs of, of real estate. And, and there's a lot, right? Real estate has a big learning curve and sometimes expensive learning curve. And, and I had that. <laughs> so we had some properties that did not go well. Wow. Um, and, and it was an expensive learning curve, but um, you can kind of bypass that by joining group investments first. Yeah. Wonderful. Uh, Are there specific questions people should ask when they're looking to join a group investment? Yes. So the number one thing you want to ask is who are the people that are running this 
the deal, right? So the, you know, they call the, they're called the general partners or sometimes they're called the sponsors, mm-hmm. um, but that's the group of people who are the real estate experts. You really want to vet them well and you want to understand that, that they are the ones that will kind of make or break a deal. Of course, a deal has to be in a good market. There has to be lots of, you know, population growth and job growth happening around job diversification. Those are some things they want to look for in the deal itself. But number one thing is who are the sponsors and do they have a strong track record? Mm-hmm. And you'll want to ask them specific questions about, well, you know, what was the, the last investment that you did? You offer, mm-hmm. you projected this certain return to your investors. What did they actually get? Right. And so what was, and what was the difference there? And you'll want to see ones who um, under-promised and over-delivered, right? Mm-hmm. And that's, that's what you're looking for in that. Um, you'll want to understand who they all are. You can even run background checks on them just to make sure that they're going to take care of your investment. Um, yeah. and that, that's my biggest piece of advice. Yeah, no, that's really important. If, if you had $100,000 um, just come out of thin air to invest or use in any way, what would you do with that money right now? I would for sure invest it (laughs) because here's the, here's the power of investing. Um, If I wanted something, so, so I, I, I want a new van, right? My van is getting old and it's starting to fall apart a little bit and I want a new van. Well, I could, you know, take that hundred thousand dollars and I could go buy me a really nice van, right? Mm -hmm. Or I could take that $100,000 and I could go buy a short-term rental or I could put it into a passive invest passive investment with the group concept and then I could go out and buy that van using the money that's being made off of that 100,000 mm-hmm. that I put into it, right? So I keep that 100,000 as my net worth and and start growing my net worth, but I use that asset to buy what we call a liability, right? Because vans yeah. don't go up in value. Yeah. <laughs> they go down in value. Yeah. So you're leveraging. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Wonderful. Um, now, I know that for your investment, I think probably for most investment groups, you have to know somebody to get involved in them. So how does somebody, if they're new and they don't, and they don't know somebody who does this, how do they get involved in an investment group in their community? Yeah. The easiest way is to look up multifamily meetups, right? And you oh. can and you can look them up online and you can start going. There's conferences all the time. <laughs> there are meetups all the time in every state about multifamily. And you can oh. start going to those and networking with local people. Well, but also here's the beauty of investing in group as a group is you don't have to invest in your local market. So Mm -hmm. say you live in a market that's not doing well. Well, you don't have to invest in that market. You can invest in Texas, for example, or Arizona. Those are two markets that are going really strong and doing very well. Tons of people moving into Texas and Mm -hmm. Arizona right now. Um, And that's where you would want to invest. So then you can start looking up multifamily groups in Arizona, right? And then, and from there, you can find them. You can start networking with them. Um, You can reach out to me. I'd be happy to put you in contact with some. And, you know, I offer investment opportunities in certain states, but um, not all states, right? So if there's a certain state you're interested in, I can help you find really great sponsors in those areas. Amazing. And how would somebody find you if they wanted to ask you more questions or if they're like, well, oh, I've met Camilla once. Maybe maybe I can get involved in her group or she'll be able to direct me the right way. Yeah. The easiest way is just to go to my website, camillajeffs.com. 
Nice and easy. Absolutely. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, is there anything else you'd like to leave with our audience today? You know, I just want to encourage other um, moms out there, especially that with with families, right? I I know that you know I I explained my system and all the things I did with my kids, and I had five kids, and I don't want to pretend that it was easy mm-hmm. all the time to focus on teaching the kids finances and money, right? Because you do feel like you're on your own. You feel like that, uh, you know, and and that's how I felt. I mm-hmm. felt like it was just, you know, me trying to figure out how to teach the kids about money because nobody else is going to do it. Yeah. Um, and, and it can be hard, but just stick with it. Like find fun things to do with, with kids. I found some fun little boxes that they could like put their coins in. And so they could see the things grow, <laughs> you know, when we, we've created fun little charts that they could do. We, we played the game cash flow and we play monopoly monopoly or the game of life, mm-hmm. like any of those games that have money with them. And, and we talk about all of that. And so just trying to incorporate it into daily life, um, rather than, like making it this, you know, sit down. Okay. Now you're going to learn about money, right? (laughs) It's a constant conversation at the grocery store and the kid's like, well, I want this Uh, mom. Can I have that? Well, did you bring your money? Mm. And then they learn, Oh, well, okay. If I want something, mom just doesn't get it for me. Yeah. I need to bring my money and, and buy it. And, and that was very helpful too. And so, you know, as a, as a parent, it's just lots and lots of little conversations. So, so you don't have to feel like it's this big, heavy <laughs> topic. Um, it's just lots of little conversations. And in fact, mm-hmm. I was cracking up the other day because one of my 16 year old twin daughters, um, she was joking with me and she's like, you know, mom, like other people talk about things at the dinner table. And what do we talk about? Investing. Yeah, <laughs> like, oh, yeah that's, that's what we do. Yeah. <laughs> and, and she just like, it was just cracking up because she was sure that none of her friends talk about investing oh. <laughs> at the dinner table. Well, she's going to be very happy that you did talk about investing at the dinner table. <laughs> Eventually, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Thank you so much, Camilla. I really loved speaking to you today and the great tips that you have for how families can talk about money and teach their kids about money, whether or not they have uh, the bandwidth and the the resources to invest and flip um, real estate. I think that they're all still actionable items um, in terms of how you segmented how much money they got at different ages and how you showed them how to grow their money and how to use it properly. So really great tips for our audience. I am so happy that you were able to come on the podcast today. And uh, thank you to our audience for coming back for another week and learning tips, tricks about finance and credit to teach your kids. We'll be back again next week. This podcast has been brought to you by Kitty Credit a mobile app designed to educate children on the credit system by completing chores. Now available in the App Store and on Google Play. For more information, go to kittycredit.com. K-I-D-D-I-E-K-R-E-D-I-T dot com.